right. Well, good morning and welcome to Vineyard Church Northwest. My name is Sarah Anderson and I'm the children's ministry director here at the church. Uh, If this is your first time, we especially want to welcome you, and we have a gift for you. It's out in the atrium at our Welcome Center, and it's a free Vineyard Worship CD. So make sure to stop by there and get your gift before you leave. Um, Also, if you would fill out a Connect card, they're in the seat back pocket in front of you. That would help us just to get to know you better. You can drop that in the offering later in the service, or you can take it to the Welcome Center. Um, I have just a few announcements for today. First of all, tonight, our School of Kingdom Ministry is hosting healing rooms. These are for anyone who has any physical or emotional healing needs. You can come and a team of students will pray for you. Um, Bring anyone that you know that has any healing needs. We've been seeing God heal more and more people just right on the spot. And we're fully expectant that a lot of people are going to be healed tonight in the healing rooms. We are taking our kids to camp this summer for the first time. We're taking third, fourth, and fifth grade students to summer camp in July. So registration is happening now. It's a $50 deposit to register. Um, And I'm going to tell you two reasons why you should send a kid to camp. Either your own child, a grandchild that you have, or a neighbor on your street. The first reason is that a week of camp is equivalent to a year's worth of Sunday school both in terms of how much the kids can learn in that time frame and in the depth of relationship that they can build with one another and with the counselors while they're there. So camp is a huge thing spiritually for kids, so I really encourage you to send them. The second reason, a kid that I went to camp with when I was younger, his name was Stephen, he used to say that camp felt like Christmas for a whole week in the middle of the summer. So Camp is amazing, and if you are thinking about a Christmas gift for a kid in your life, send them to camp. That would be a great gift. Um, Our kids, right now, they're learning how to pray for each other, how to pray for healing, and how to operate in a prophetic culture, just like we adults are learning that. Um, Last Wednesday, at our family group meeting, one of the adults shared that he had injured his leg, and he had a lot of pain and a lot of swelling. And our kids jumped right in, and they stretched out their hands and started to pray for his leg. And the pain went down. And then they wanted to pray again, so they prayed again and commanded the pain to leave again. And the pain went down again. And the kids wanted to keep praying all night. I mean, their, their faith was just amazing that he would be healed all the way. And the next morning, he texted me and said that the swelling was gone and the pain was drastically reduced. So, our kids are doing the stuff. They know how to do this. Even our two-year-olds pray for boo-boos and they see healings. They do. Um, So, if you are looking for a low-pressure environment to practice praying for healing or being in the prophetic, come join us in the kids' rooms. It's a lot of fun. Um, Christmas is coming soon, and it's on a Sunday this year. So we've decided instead of our normal Sunday services, we're going to have two Christmas Eve services at 5.30 p.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. So we hope you'll come join us then. We also, on Christmas morning, will be having an outreach. We're going to be filling stockings with a variety of items for homeless people. We're going to take them downtown on Christmas morning and pass out the stockings. So we are currently collecting those items, and there's more information in your bulletin this week in your program with more details. Um, Our program, including the digital program on the app, has lots of information about what's going on with our kids and teens and young adults, so be sure to check that out. And I'm going to invite Wilson, one of our young adult pastors, up to give us our message. Hey, good morning, everybody. I know last week that I kind of like jumped all the way up. Today, I just jumped off one of the stairs, so trying to be a little safer. Um, How are you guys doing? Who was wearing shorts and a t-shirt at some point this week? All right, who wore a winter coat to church today? It's messed up, man. It's not good. It's not good. Um, hey, like, like Sarah said, my name is Wilson. I'm on staff here. I lead the School of Kingdom Ministry, and I'm a part of the Young Adults Ministry and kind of help with outreach stuff. I head up the outreach department here. So really glad that you're here this morning. Um, buckle up, all right, because this is going to be a wild ride. 
I've, I, there's a lot of stuff on my heart I want to share with you guys. And um, so we're just going to, I'm just going to try and get it all out. Is that cool? I didn't get, I didn't get to share all, share all the first service, but I think, you know, everyone's demeanor and attitudes look right right now. Like I can handle, like you guys can handle it. So I'm just messing with you. Hey, who likes, who's had Jay Gumbos before? Has anybody had Jay Gumbos? Jay Gumbos is like a jambalaya restaurant. They have like stew and um, chilies. There's a couple in Cincinnati. I know there's at least two, one in Finneytown and one in Clifton. The one that I like to go to is in Finneytown. And um, if you know about Jay Gumbos, they have specials every night of the week. Like each day of the week, a different one of their dishes is um, like on sale, like three or four dollars less than normal. And Monday nights is red beans and rice night. So about four weeks ago, I was at Jay Gumbos grabbing my dinner. And, you know, of course, I had to drop Jen, my wife, off at Panera first because she was trying to be healthy. And I'm like, hey, no shame. I love me some red beans and rice. And um, six bucks. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. Everybody mark it down on your calendar tomorrow night. Six dollars. So I'm going through the line and I, you know, choose, choose my food and everything. And as, as, she's, as she's about to ask me or to tell me how much it costs, this thought goes through my mind. I'm like, man, we're doing this series called Developing a Prophetic Culture and it would, at church. And it would really be a shame if the emphasis on that was just on Sundays. And it would really be a bummer if we were trying to develop a, develop a prophetic church culture. <laughs> right? Like that's not the title of the series. We're not trying to develop a prophetic Sunday morning service prophetic culture. Or even a inside the church building prophetic culture. We're called to live this thing Live like Jesus outside of these four walls, not just on Sunday mornings. One of my friends, Ben, says, Christianity is a full contact 24-7 sport. (laughs) All the time. It's not something we just do on Sunday mornings or we just do at home, you know, in a closet or, or whatever. It's something we're supposed to live all the time. And God's voice isn't bound by a building and a structure. God's wanting to share his heart and share his voice with everybody, everywhere, all the time. And so all those thoughts, a couple of those thoughts came through my mind and I was like, I'm going to see if, um, I'm, I'm going to ask God to speak to me about the cashier. It's just her and I in the store. And then I'm going to share it with her and see if it, it's right or it makes sense or not. And so the name Aaliyah just pops in my head. And I've been doing this thing lately where I've been asking God people's names. And then, man, like that's an open door, right? If you say, hey, is your name this? And then they're like, what? How'd you know my name? Um, I've failed hundreds of times, just to let you know, okay? <laughs> Usually it goes something like this. Hey, is your name Dennis? No. Oh, wrong guy. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how it looks, okay? There was one time, one precious time where I got someone's name right. And I don't know if it was just a lucky guess or if it was the Holy Spirit, but I was like, hey, is your name Katie? As she's handing me the coffee and she's like, looks down like to see if she has a name tag on. And I was like looking down to see if she had a name tag on too. Like, how did I, but uh, her name was Katie and she was just blown away and I shared how much God loved her. So anyways, I have that kind of going through my head. I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask God what this person's name is. And I was like, hey, does the name Aaliyah, this is at Jay Gumbos. Does the name Aaliyah mean anything to you? And she's like, no, what are you talking about? Like, why are you asking me that? She kind of thinks for a second and says, yeah, no, it doesn't mean anything. And I was like, all right, just a hunch. You know, I'm just, yeah, just a hunch. I didn't really feel like going into the whole explanation of I'm a Christian. I'm trying to learn to hear God's voice, blah, 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 blah. And here's the deal. If it wasn't, if it didn't mean anything to her, then what was it? A hunch, right? Like that, that's really all it was. If it wasn't God speaking to me. And um, she's so like stunned by it that she forgets to give me my change and my uh, sour cream and jalapenos. And I'm just standing there like waiting for it. And she's like kind of getting nervous. Why is he still standing here? What's he going to say next? I'm like, could I have my jalapenos and sour cream? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was so freaked out that you're still standing here. I'm so confused why you asked me about that name. And I was like, yeah, see you later. Um, so a week later, next Monday night, guess where I was? Jay Gumbos, baby. Red beans and rice, $6. I don't know if you guys heard me the first time. $6, okay? 
And, and so we get through the whole line. And this time Jen caved. She was like, yeah, all right. I'm going to go to the dark side. And I'm going to get Jake Nevis tonight. And I'm thinking, is this the same worker? Is this the same person? Get to the end of the line. And I'm like, hey, do you remember me? She's just like, no. And I was like, okay, well, last week, last Monday night, red beans and rice night? No, I'm just kidding. Last Monday night, um, I asked you if the name of Leah meant anything to you. Do you remember that? She's like, oh, yeah. I thought, that, I knew I recognized you. I thought that was you. That's, yep, yeah, yep, I remember you now. Why did you ask me about that? Like, I still don't know why you asked me about that. All week, I was just thinking to myself, who is Aaliyah? Who is Aaliyah? Who is Aaliyah? And I'm, as she's saying that, I'm like, oh my goodness, something amazing is about to happen. Like, she met someone, like, she met her, she's adopted, and she met her real parents, and her mother's name was Aaliyah. Or like, something, like, I'm just like, oh, my heart's beating, I'm getting ready. And she's like, and it doesn't mean anything. I thought about it all week and it doesn't mean anything to me. And I was like, all right. Well, here's the deal. I said, so here's the deal. I just believe God loves you and I believe he wants to speak to you and he wants you to know how much he loves you. So I am just practicing hearing his voice. So I just shared that with you to see if it meant anything as a kind of like open the door up to talk with you about Jesus. She's like, oh. she just takes a deep breath. She's like, my week was crazy. Then, um, a couple of days after that, at Dollar General, this woman said to me, be careful and stay out of trouble. And it, for some reason, it just spoke right to my heart. And I had to tell my manager, because she works at J. Gummo's and Dollar General, I need to go to the back and I need to, um, I need to call my sister. Can you cover for me for a minute? And he's just like, yeah, sure. Or he, he let her. She goes back and she's like, calls her sister and says, hey, we need to go to church this week. God is speaking to me. We need to go to church. Like I just, God is try, trying to send a message to me. I, we need to go to church this Sunday. And I was like blown away. Just like, that's so awesome. Like so encouraged and just Jen and I got to pray for her and just encourage her. That, yeah, like that's good. Keep going to church. And and then we walked out, you know, and we're, we're heading home. And all of a sudden it hit me. I never said anything about God or Jesus to her until after she had gone to church and after she interpreted this whole series of events as a God thing. I didn't, I didn't, you remember I flaked out. I didn't feel like going into the Jesus explanation. I just copped out and said, it's a hunch. But do you remember a couple weeks ago when my dad was preaching, he said that he thinks that God is so eager and so, um, it's so part of who we are to share his voice that when one of his kids, when one of us step out to try and share Jesus' love with someone, to share a prophetic word, or just to speak a kind thing, it can, doesn't have to be intentionally prophetic at all, God goes, hey, hey, Holy Spirit, angels, pour my presence on that. And they're like, why? What are, you, what are you talking about? And you know, this is, none of this is in the Bible. This is just kind of like how we like to think of it. Um, because that's my son. That's my daughter. And they're taking me serious. They're taking me serious. They're trying to fulfill the great commission. They're trying to share my love. So I'm going to pour my grace on it. I'm going to pour my grace on it. And you see in the kingdom, it's not about getting it right. It's about being obedient and going with the heart of love. It's about realizing that you weren't saved for yourself. It doesn't end there. It's not about us. It's not about us getting saved. If, if it was only about us, then when they baptized you, they should have held you under. <laughs> they should have kept you under. Seriously, they should have just kept you under. Because the Christian life, we get pulled up out of the water so that we can go live it to the world. So we can go live it to all those around us. And this, this is not for superstar special Christians. This isn't for people who get to be on stage or people who get paid to do this. This is for everyone in this room who has two butt cheeks in a chair and a beating heart. That's who it's for. If you are alive right now, if you are breathing, if you are thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I can't believe he just said butt cheeks in church. <laughs> then it's you. It's you. You are who is drafted into the army of God and is supposed to go share his love and his gospel. In John 20, so who thinks that the disciples received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost? Who thinks that's the first time the Holy Spirit came to earth? 
Hey, you guys listen to Luke's message. Good job. All right, John 20, 21. Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So we see that at the day of Pentecost, what was actually happening was the disciples were being baptized. They're being filled. They're being immersed with the Holy Spirit. But before that, they actually received the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, you can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know that, right? It's not, it's not, the Holy Spirit is who regenerates you. In Titus, it says, it is not because of our righteous works or the great things we've done. I'm going to read it to you because I messed it up. This is a side point. I shouldn't be wasting my time here. Um, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness. How many of you know that saying a prayer is a work of righteousness? You're right? Saying the sinner's prayer, that's what that is, is a work of righteousness. You're doing something to get in relationship with God. Here's what it says. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that saves us. We have to respond, okay? We have to respond. Everyone isn't saved. The Holy Spirit isn't just like, I'm saving everybody. No, he wants to, but we have to respond. It says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and you'll be saved. So we have to confess, we have to believe. But if you're gonna like break it down into a percent, I would say our salvation is 51% the Holy Spirit and 49% us, okay? It's so close, it's a fine line. We have to respond, but it's the Holy Spirit that saves us. So anyways, where was I? Okay, spirit on, spirit in, another, another topic. Here's what I wanted to say. I was talking about how all of us are conscripted and are drafted into God's army. All of us are supposed to be part of sharing his love with others. It's not a special person. It's not evangelists that are supposed to do this. There's def- that's a gift. Evangelism is a gift to the body of Christ and the people who are gifted that way are supposed to equip everyone else in evangelism. That's what it says in Ephesians. Christ gave gifts to men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Then the next verse is really important. To equip the saints. To equip the saints. Your gifting is to give away, you know? That's what the gifting is for, is to equip and upbuild others, not to shine a spotlight on yourself. So the, the people who are gifted as evangelists, like that's, I think that's my, one of my main giftings, I'm gifted that way so that I can encourage other people. Robbie Dawkins, he's gifted that way so he can encourage and equip and upbuild others to do it, right? So we're all called to do it. And here's, here's where um, Jesus just makes it so clear. You know, it's, we're not all called to do it. Um, we all, there's different ways we're all called to do it, right? Like we're wired different. Evangelism comes a different way for everybody, um, I don't want to pigeonhole anybody and say, this is how you have to do it. Um, you know, put you in a box, right? But here's what Jesus says, okay? Hear the but. <laughs> but here's what Jesus says. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. How the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, how did the Father send Jesus? Let's look, Luke 4. Here's how, this is, this is Jesus' self-described title. This is how Jesus says, I was sent, okay? Luke 4, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus was sent with the spirit on him to set others free, to share the good news. So are you. That's how Jesus was sent. That's how we're sent. That's how all of us are sent. All right. We're all sent through the spirit, through the Holy Spirit's power and presence. Bottom line, that's how we're all sent. Jesus, it says in first John, as we are in this, as he was in this world, so are we. We're called to be just like Jesus in this world. Not like Jesus in our character, but without the power. We're supposed to be like Jesus, amazing character, honest people, people who are loyal, people who are sticking out when it's tough, people who don't give up on their marriage when their marriage is hard, people who don't waste their money and who 
do their money well, people who raise their kids with godly values and with love. But we cannot empty the cross of Christ of its power. Okay? It's more than just character. It's character and the Holy Spirit's power alive inside of us and affecting lives around us. It's not, it's, it's selling what Jesus did short if all we're supposed to do is be good people. We're not supposed to just be good people. We're supposed to be good people filled with the Holy Spirit, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, sharing the good news, sharing prophetic words of encouragement. That's what we're called to be and do, okay? Um, a couple questions for you. Just show of hands. Does God speak today? Who believes God speaks today? All right, it's really clear in the New Testament that Jesus speaks today. God's the same today, yesterday, and forever, you know? If God spoke in the old covenant, but not the new covenant, the new covenant wouldn't be better than the last covenant, you know? Like one of the things that makes a new covenant better is that we all have access to God's voice and presence, not just priests and kings and what's the third thing? Priests, kings, and prophets. Not just priests, kings, and prophets. All of his kids have access to his presence and his voice. There's tons of... Okay, here's the next question. Who does he speak to? Believers and non-believers? Just believers? What do you think? Who does he speak to? Both, right? Now, this is not a trick question, okay? Who do you think has... Um, full access to hearing his voice. In other words, do you think that believers and unbelievers have the same ability and access? What do you think? I hear, I hear a little bit of both. Here's a hint. Believers have the Holy Spirit in them. It's like a cheat code in a video game. <laughs> okay? I don't know about you, but I would consider God living inside of me Special ability. <laughs> I would consider that special access. Everyone say this with me. I have a special ability, have a special to, hear God's voice. to hear God's voice. I have special access, have special access to my heavenly Father. My heavenly Father. I'm going to use it. Now, we're called with everything, all the gifts that God gives us, money, time, resources, talents, abilities. We're called to be generous with all this stuff, right? None of that is just for our own betterment. It is, it is good. We want to live healthy, good lives, wealthy lives. Healthy, health and wealth is God's will for you, okay? It is. And I'm, and I'm not talking about um, health and wealth as in 10 Rolls Royce and a humongous, humongous house that you don't need. But God's will for you is for you to be healthy and for you. And you know, wealthy isn't a dollar amount. Wealthy is how you use your dollars. You can live a wealthy life with a $30,000 a year income. Okay, so that, that's what I mean by wealthy. Someone who uses their money right. God's will for us is that stuff. I'm so lost. I don't know where I was going. But we're called to be generous to everything God gives us, Right? And it's a privilege that we hear his voice. And it's a privilege that we get to be close to him and experience his presence. So what are we going to do with that? What are we going to do? We're going to give it away, right? We're going to give it away. We're not going to hold it just for ourselves. It's going to be something we have open hands with. And we say, God, I'm available. Use me. Use my money. Use my marriage. Use my finances. Use my kids. Um, Use your presence in me. Use your voice through me. Use me. I'm open to you however you want to use me. That's our prayer. That's, that's how we're supposed to be. That is surrender, okay? That is surrender. And here's the thing. Surrender isn't about having nothing. You know, we think about surrender as like giving everything away. <laughs> well, if you do that, you have nothing to surrender. Surrender is holding everything you have with an open hand and saying, God, use it however you want. That's surrender. And 
We're called to be generous with God's presence, okay? I just want you to really grab that and get that. We're called to be generous with his voice and presence. And it's not the same thing as our money and our time because I have full control over that stuff. I can use it however I want. And I don't think that for the most part, God just sovereignly cuts me off in those areas. He gives me wisdom. He guides me, but he's really given me free will. With his voice and his presence, it's a little different, right? I don't like possess God's voice. I don't possess his presence outside of him. You know, like, you don't have to be a Christian to have money and have time and resources and talents, right? So you can possess possess those things apart from God. You cannot have his presence and share his voice apart from him. So that's why we need to get closer to him. That's why we need to spend time with him. That's why we need to be intentional about him. Because when you become more aware of his presence, when you get more of him, it's easy to give it away. And my encouragement even would be, if you feel like you don't have enough, give it away. If you feel like you don't have enough, if you feel like you're struggling to hear his voice, start going to everybody you're close to and saying, hey, can I pray for you and just prophesy over you? If you're, if you're just like praying so much for, if you're struggling to make ends meet, be generous. Look for an opportunity this week to sacrifice and to be generous. That, it's a principle of give what you got and more will be given to you, okay? That's the message. Give what you got and more will be given to you. And it's the same thing with his voice and his presence. We're intentional about sharing his voice, sharing his presence, praying for others, being kind over the top, then it will increase in our own life. And we don't do it so that it increases, right? It's not a formula. It's not, it's not like, um, it's not a formula, but it's, it's how it works when you do it with the right heart. When with the right heart, you say, God, this is a special thing you've given me. Your presence you've put in me, the way you speak to me, this is a special thing. And I want others to experience it too. I want to give it away. You purpose in your heart like that. You make that purpose in your heart and then it just happens. It's natural. You can't even prevent it from happening. I didn't try to um, give, I did not try to minister God's presence to the woman at Jay Gumbo's. I just gave it away. That's all he calls me to do is to try and give it away and he'll bless it. That's what happened. It's a a perfect living example of when you give away what you have and when you give away um, what God's blessed you with, not only will he use it in other people's lives, but he'll bless you. And please don't hear that I'm saying we do this to get blessed, okay? You just, we've been, we're so like on eggshells towards that idea because it's been abused, right? It's been abused in in, um, Christianity. But we just got to stop reacting to abuse, Okay, sometimes our reaction to what was wrong or what was abused prevents us from God's blessing. Sometimes because we have this thought that, oh, no, he's talking about health and wealth, prosperity, blah, blah, blah. You know what you're doing? You're judging and you're shutting your heart down from what God wants to do in your life. And we got to ease back on that. Here's the deal. I would rather be a, like a full member of the prosperity, health and wealth, extreme gospel than the gospel that says God's holding out on you and God is, you know, hurting you and giving you sickness and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> which one of those is further from, which one of those sounds more like the devil to you? Does it, does it sound like the devil to be so generous and nice? No, right? So anyways, rabbit trail, but we need to we need to recognize where we have these little offenses and what are our little hair triggers and what are the things that we're like on edge about. Then we need to really talk to God about that and, and dive into the scripture on our own and see what the, what the Bible says about it, okay? This Bible, this, this has it for us, you know? You just get into it, you read it, um, you ask other people for advice about it, grab a commentary when you don't understand it, grab a translation that's readable and um, God will reveal it to you. He's faithful. He's excited when we open this up. He's really, really excited. So turn with me to John 4. I say that as if I expect anyone to actually have a Bible. I'm just kidding with you. Luke Luke says, pull out your glow-in-the-dark Bibles, which means your iPhone or your app. All right, I'm just going to go for it. It's going to be up on the screen if you're not there yet. I wish I could sit down. All right, John 4, 4. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sichar, Sichar, take your pick, near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, 
wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. Jesus is so human. Look at that. He really was a man. He was tired. He was thirsty. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her. Oh, no. Jesus answered her. If you knew the gift of God and who, I see, I knew it, I knew it, it's okay. Um, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. It's good, right? So, before I go any further, I don't want to forget to do this. I'm going to jump back to that passage. But... If this, if what I'm talking about today is gripping your heart in any way, shape, or form, I would encourage you to get this book. It's called Love Pursuit. It's by one of my closest friends, Micah Level. He's a pastor, he's a youth pastor of a church in Springfield. He's spoken here at this church two different times, um, but he's just bold, man. He just goes for it, and he wrote this book, and it's a very practical like kind of guide to starting to live a lifestyle of love, of of outwardly focusedness. Because you know, that's what it's all about, is loving others. If what you're doing um, isn't from a heart of love, then you're, you're off, you're off base a little bit, you know? What you need, it's all out of a heart of love. And this book really gives you awesome practical how-tos combined with a lot of stories that will excite you. You can get it on Amazon. I think it's like $15 or something. But write this down, Love Pursuit by Micah Level, Okay. Now, back to the passage. Jesus, he's tired. He stops to get a drink of water. And he goes into this kind of nat- this conversation with this woman where it, at first glance, it seems like all he's doing is asking for a drink of water, right? But then it goes so much deeper and really quick. And Jesus begins to prophesy to her, share the gospel with her, tell her. You know, I love what he's saying in verses 8, 16 through 25 because you know what he's doing there? He's addressing religious baggage, He's saying, look, you guys think it's about where you worship, but it's not about where you worship. It's about who you worship and how you worship him. What's he doing? He's speaking to her religious baggage there. But um, so he does all that stuff. And there's a couple things I noticed that I just want to point out. All right. So I want to, I want to tell you guys the four things I noticed about that. So you can pop these up behind me as I say them and then go back to the first one. Okay. First thing I noticed This was a part of everyday life for Jesus. This was a part of everyday life for Jesus. Next, Jesus started in the natural. He was thirsty, asked for a drink of water, and then went into the supernatural. And then he began to share the gospel. And then he gave a prophetic word. And then he revealed those words of knowledge. Next, Jesus knew he had something good to give, something that she needed. Say this, I have something good to give. You have something to give to people, man. Like, 
People need what people in this room have. The world needs us to let it out and to share it. Last thing I notice is Jesus didn't emphasize her sin. He called out the gold. He sandwiches it with what you have said is true, which I would translate to you're an honest person. Way to be honest. The first thing he says is you are right in saying blah, 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 blah. Then the last thing he says is what you have said is true. So he sandwiches this kind of tough to swallow word, this, re- this revelation about, um, or this revealing of something she's struggling with in a place of sin in her life with the gold, you know? Says, look, you're a really honest person, but I see that you're dealing with adultery and that you're like, you've done it chronically. But you're an honest person. And then, you know, Jesus hangs out with her more and sends her to her town. Like he commissions her as an evangelist to her town. That's how this story continues. But anyways, the point is, Jesus didn't emphasize her sin. He called out the gold. Started with the gold and ended with the gold. Prophetic ministry calls out the gold in people's life. It's easy to talk about where people are messed up and where they're lacking, you know? What really takes God's perspective is to call out the gold amidst that. that that's, that's what the gift of prophecy is for. But circling back to my first point, this was a part of everyday life for Jesus, by a show of hands, who got gas this week? Did anybody go get gas? Not like you farted, like you had to fill your car up with gas. My mom's rolling her eyes so hard. He said butt cheeks and fart. Oh my gosh. I told you guys, I apologized last week that I was speaking twice. I warned you. I hope no one brought like their friends that are like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm just teasing. Okay, so... Who, you know, who, who filled up their car with fuel this week, right? Who went to, the ga- who went to um, Kroger and bought milk or bought groceries, right? Who was driving home from work and just couldn't wait for dinner? You swung through McDonald's or Wendy's, right? Less people because we're ashamed of that, but. <laughs> but that's basically what Jesus is doing. He's thirsty. He sees a well. He goes to get a drink of water. He's not on a prayer walk. He's not on a... Uh, you know, like a crusade or whatever. He's just like, hey, I'm thirsty. I'm going to get a drink of water. And then he knows that the father wants to use him at that moment. He knows that he's, remember, 24-7, full contact. He knows that there's no time that his Christian switch is turned off. That there's never a time where it's like, nope, God's not going to use me right now. And here's the deal. We got to, I want to, I wanna, with that statement, say there is a good, there's time to rest, Okay. We don't need to feel like we always need to be ministering, always praying for people, have this burden where we're like, I need to pray for everyone with a pulse. Ah, I've been there before. It's not a good place. It's not healthy emotionally, spiritually, or physically. But we have to have another understanding, another belief that there's never a time God is not willing to use me. He's okay with me resting. He wants me to rest. He is the one who created rest. Rest was his idea, the Sabbath. That was Jesus' idea. But... um. He's willing to use us too. He wants us to rest, but he's willing to use us, okay? So really quick, I want to have Pam come up here. Pam is a student in Sockham, and she has a cool story of, from, her, from her life where she got to kind of like do this everyday type thing, where there wasn't special crazy circumstances, where she was just living a life, doing her thing, and got to share Jesus with somebody. So just leave me extra time to speak, Okay. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, A couple of weekends ago, my sons and my husband went camping about 45 minutes away from our home. So they were not reachable by phone. Um, And I decided to go Christmas shopping. So I went out to the car and I realized I had grabbed the wrong keys. So um, the keys that I had were to the other car. And in the house were my house keys, my car keys, and my cell phone. And all the doors were locked. So I went around and tried all the doors, and yeah, they were locked. And I you know, you're always praying for a miracle, so I'm like, okay, God, help me. And I tried them again, and they were all still locked. And um, so I was really frustrated, and I just kind of sat down, and I was like, all right, what can I do? And I had this intersecting thought to go in through a window. So I tried all the windows on the bottom floor. That would be too easy. They were all locked. And... um, 
Then I thought, well, I think my bedroom window is unlocked, and it's up there. So I went and got my extension ladder and put it up and got up to the window and punched out the screen, took it off, and reached way far ahead and pushed up the window partway up. And here's a part of the story where humility comes into play. And I won't go into detail, but um, there was a little leap of faith, some dangling. I was stuck for a little while, but... Um, I made it through. I took a risk. I got in the house through the window. And then the next day, I was really quite tired. And on my way to church, I stopped at Starbucks. And usually I'd go through the drive-thru, but I had a few extra minutes. And I went in. And as I was sitting there eating my breakfast, I just was kind of just sitting there. And I looked behind the counter and there was a man working there and he just seemed really busy, like maybe busier than the other people. And I just started just observing him and God put something on my heart for him. Well, then I said to God, well, God, you see, he's really busy. I'm not going to go up there, interrupt his busyness. And as I'm explaining to God why I was chicken, um, the guy took his apron off, put it on the counter, grabbed a broom, and started sweeping outside. And I was like, oh, great opportunity. And I sat there. And um, I kept sitting there, and I didn't take the opportunity. And he came back in. He started working busily behind the counter again. And I had that same feeling I had the night before where I was like, oh, man, I locked myself out of the house. I had the same feeling like, oh, I missed this opportunity. And I had an intersecting thought again, and I I know it was God, and he's like, go in through the window. And I I was like, okay, what does that mean? And he really, he showed me that this man's heart, all the doors to his heart were locked. And he was giving me an opportunity to go through the window, partner with him, and go through the window. So I had this renewed confidence, and I went up to the counter, and a lady came up, and um, I said, no, I don't want you. I want him. <laughs> and um, he looked at me, and I said, come here. And I, I, I'm not that direct, so I knew it was God. <laughs> and he, he came over, and he's like, I had his attention. And, he's, and I said, you know, sometimes God highlights people for me, and he's highlighted you, and I have the sense that you're going through something big in your life right now. Wow. And he, if you will give that to him, he'll get you through it, and he'll be there for you. And his jaw dropped. So I knew it resonated. (laughs) And he came out from behind the counter and he gave me a big hug. And um, God got in the window. And I was able to partner with him and be that, be working with God. So it was a good experience. Come on, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Pam. That's so inspiring and encouraging. Didn't give up. Didn't give up. Easily, she could have been, ah, missed my chance. Kept her heart sensitive, stayed willing. And then look, a natural, normal thing. Her getting locked out of her window, God spoke to her through that. Through that. A, A thing, a natural thing. Just like with Jesus, right? He says, give me a drink. That's how it started. Give me a drink. And he meant, I am thirsty. Give me a drink. I don't think that this was a super planned moment by Jesus where he was like, had a dream the night before. I'm going to be at this well. First thing I say, give me a drink. (laughs) Then she will respond, blah, 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 blah. Then I will say, everlasting water I give unto you. No, like, I really think Jesus was just sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He was doing what he saw the Father doing, and he took the next step. Took the next step. Just like Pam, took the next step. This week I was downtown. I had lunch with somebody in, at Coffee Emporium. And I was, I was leaving downtown. I'm at a stoplight. And there are, there's a car parked next to the stoplight or kind of near the stoplight with their hood up. And I hear them ask the guy walking up to his car next to them, hey, can you give our car a jump? And the guy's just like, sorry, I'm in a rush. I can't, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, hey, hold on. I just yell out to them, hey, I'll help you. If he pulls out, I'll pull into his spot. Because look, I'm just looking for an opportunity to love somebody here. Like, God put it on a platter in front of me. Here, Wilson, love them, okay? 
I wasn't like trying to do power evangelism. I was just trying to be loving and to serve, you know? That's how we should be known as Christians, as the most servant-hearted, sacrificial people. So I pull in. I'll be honest, I'm always a little nervous about jumping cards because one time I put them on wrong and it was like, and just sparked a lot. And I was like, ah. So I uh, always like take a couple steps back. And I'm like, yeah, Google it, man. I'm not any help. Just Google that. And, but then uh, card doesn't start at first. I say, well, hey, you probably should let it sit for a minute. Let it charge. Does that. Starts after five minutes. And they're about to leave and I'm about to leave. And I'm like, hey, I should ask to pray for them. Like this is a, literally like, I was walking back to my car and I said, you know, I should ask if I can pray for them. And here's the deal. After you do something nice for somebody, they're like obligated to receive your prayer. So like it's, it's a home run. They're not going to say no, you know, it's a, it's a strategy. Do something really nice. And then they have to receive your prayer. I, and I'm just realizing that that honestly wasn't my thinking. You know, I was just trying to be nice. And they're like, yeah, sure. We can use prayer. Um, and then she looks at her daughter and I thought her daughter was her sister because they were both pretty young. And she's like, this is my daughter and um, she's 27 weeks pregnant and I want her, to, she's going to have a natural birth. And so pray for her because she's nervous. So I go over and I'm like, hey, yeah, well, like I'd love to pray for you. And I compliment her like, wow, you're, I, could, I couldn't even tell you were pregnant. Like you're really carrying it well. Just, just be nice. It was the truth. And um, I go, cool, well, can I pray for you? And she said, yeah, sure. So I just asked if I could put my hand on her shoulder, put my hand on her shoulder and just begin to say a prayer for her. And as I was praying, I kind of had this thought go through my head, like just the sensation of fear. I didn't hear like, she is fearful or Wilson, pray for fear. I just had this like thought, like a hunch, just like I had the hunch about the name Aaliyah. I had a hunch that she was fearful. And I was like, and right now I just speak against fear. And I say that fear has no place here. I command it to leave. And then before I knew what I was saying, I was like, and I just declare a pain-free childbirth over you. And she just, I don't even know why I said that. She just bursts into tears immediately. Tears start streaming down her face. And that moment I realized, okay, this really is mom's idea to do the natural birth. I think she would probably love to, you know, do the more conventional thing, get epidural and everything. But, um, and I realized, wow, she's probably really feeling nervous and fear about this. So I just kept ministering to that, commanding fear to leave, just telling her that Jesus is going to be there. He loves her. He's the comforter, blah, blah, blah say amen. And she's just crying. She's totally just getting touched. Like that was the spirit coming on someone, you know, that was the spirit coming on her is what was happening. And I'm walking back to my car and I'm like, hold on, this is a perfect chance to take it a step further and share the gospel. This is a perfect chance to to welcome her and ask her if she wants to start a relationship with Jesus. You know, that's, that's what Jesus did. He measured to her. Then he shared the gospel with her. And so I just said, Hey, do you have a relationship with God? And by the way, how I'm explaining this right now, feel free to like take a couple notes. You can do it just like this. In the simple way I'm doing it, you can do it that way. You don't need to talk for 10 minutes and lead them in a 20 minute prayer and all this other stuff. It's simple. It's a heart posture that the person has and then something they declare. It's not the things they say. So anyways, I said, hey, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? She said, well... I believe in God, but I don't ever pray. I don't go to church or anything. And I was like, well, hey, that's, that's awesome. You believe in him. I think he wants to make himself more real to you right now. Would you like to start a relationship with him? And you know, he's going to be with you forever. He's going to help you live to your fullest potential. He's going to be right by your side the whole time you're giving birth. And he'll help you raise your child even. And she's just like, you know, I think I do need that. I need some spiritual direction. That's how she put it. I need some spiritual direction in my life. I need some help. I was like, well, hey, I walked around the car and said, just, just pray with me, okay? Just repeat after me. And I said, don't say anything that you don't want to say. Just say the things that resonate with you. And she's like, okay. And I said, Jesus, Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. I welcome you into my heart. I can't do it without you. I can't do it without you. She was Mexican. And um, <coughs> please come and fill my heart. Please come and fill my heart. Um, I repent of my sin. I repent of my sin. I turn to you. I turn to you. Now, Holy Spirit, I welcome you to come fill me. And she prayed that. And then I prayed for her more. And she's just getting totally touched and filled. And, and God's presence is all over. And she begins to cry again. And I, I stopped her and said, look, look in my eyes. Your sins are forgiven you. 
I want you to know that your sins are forgiven you. And there's just even more, just the Holy Spirit's presence, Holy Spirit's presence came even more at that moment. Because that's what Jesus told us to tell people, that their sins are forgiven them. Um, and just in that moment, just this whole series of events, starting with trying to be a nice guy, starting to try and um, help them jump their car, taking the simple step of asking if they want prayer, and then all this stuff happens. All this unravels. Pam, just by going to Starbucks, just by saying yes to God, <coughs> this young man's heart was touched in a way that it probably wouldn't have been for who knows how long otherwise. It's simple, guys. We don't need to make it complicated. We just need to look for what is my next step. Worship team, you can come out. Um, we just need to look for what is my next step in this thing. Is my next step to start asking the cashier their names always? Is that my next step? Is my next step to start tipping a little better? Is my next step to tell someone they're doing a good job even when they maybe aren't doing the best job? Yeah, and ushers, you can come on down to the front too. What is my next step? Is my next step to ask my husband more often if, I can, if he needs prayer? Like we just need to look, how do I take a step in the outwardly focused direction? We don't need to make huge grandiose goals. I'm going to lead 12 people to Jesus by the end of this week. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Small steps, small steps. And when God sees us take that step, he goes, guys, angels, Holy Spirit, Jesus, get a load of this. They believe me. Pour my presence out on that. We bring the natural, we bring obedience and God brings his presence. God brings his presence and blesses people and touches lives. And that's what this church is called to be. We're called to be a church where people experience us in here, but more people experience him out of here because all of you guys are equipped and encouraged and inspired to go give his presence and his voice away. So Father, we love you. Right now, we're gonna give our, um, our tithes and offerings. You can make checks payable to Vineyard Northwest. I'm not trying to be sneaky right now by starting a prayer then telling you how you can give but you can give on the app or you can give um through checks made vineyard northwest or there's envelopes so i'm going to pray for you really quick so father we love you we love you so much but we don't do this because you love us we don't do this because we love you we do it because you love us we choose to recognize right now we choose to recognize in our hearts that it's your love that draws us so Holy Spirit, would you come and draw us into your presence right now? Would you come draw us into a place of worship? We love you and we desire to know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, you can go ahead and receive the offering. Now as the offering basket's passing, I just encourage you to begin to visualize in your head what worship looks like to you, okay? So begin to think about, and what you're doing is you're preparing your heart to worship, you're preparing your heart and your mind to focus on God for the next 20, 25 minutes. All right, that, that, that's what we're entering into. So after the offering basket passes you by, um, Tyler's gonna welcome people to come down to the front if you wanna worship. I'd encourage you, man, if today's message was like just hitting the nail on the head for you, respond, respond to it. Come up front in worship. Come up front as an act saying, I'm willing to be um, out there for God. I'm willing to take a risk for him. If that's too much for you, take a step to your left, take a step to your right. I would encourage you to respond to this somehow if God's speaking to you right now. Respond to him, okay?